How can you get somebody to guess what word you're thinking of right now? My name's Jonathan, and this is the Snakes Cast, the podcast for people who don't know as much about board games as they'd like to know. This week we're going to talk about one of the most popular kinds of games of all time. Games where somebody's got a word in mind, and they can't tell you what it is, but they need you to figure it out. Simple, right? Right. Welcome back to the Snakes Cast, everyone. Joining me this week are Coco Lee. Hello there. And Maddie McLean. Howdy. So there's basically two types of party games, right? There's who did what games. We did an episode about who did what games way, way back in season one. This is uh, things like Balderdash, where everybody does a thing or writes a thing or says a thing and you're trying to guess who did what. The other kind, which we haven't talked about in detail yet, are guess the word games. That's what we're up to here today. Games like charades, where there's a word, you have to get somebody to guess it, but you can't actually say what it is. Uh, Generally speaking, are you, are you fans of, uh, of Guess the Word games? I think between the two types of party games, this is probably my favorite. Mm-hmm. It's always been something I've enjoyed. Uh, and then just with the way the industry is evolving with these kind of new games, I'd definitely say it's probably my favorite of the two. Mm-hmm. Do, do, uh, do, you, do you have a particular favorite title that uh, you get a lot of use of? Uh, I really like Funglish. I really like Concept. I've liked... Uh, taboo for a long time. I think that's a lot of people's favorites. Catchphrase is good. We're going to go into detail about these in a bit. How about you? Major fan. Absolutely. Uh, again, especially with my family and with my friend group, we're very vocal people. We're very... Uh, I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! Uh, and we're very uh, physically active people when we speak. So I think, especially when you're playing with an in-group who you play with very frequently, it's really interesting to see the sort of like cultural touchstones that everybody can go from when they're trying to get people to guess the word. These are usually team games, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, you're, the person who you're trying to get to guess something, they're on your team. You want them to succeed. Mm-hmm. So I think that also plays a role in the popularity of these games with, with, your fa- with your friends, your families, or just in general? I think it's especially good because they're really accessible to teach, and the team element allows you to incorporate people who may not feel comfortable playing on their own. Mm. So even if they're not ready to stand up in front of the group, they're still ready to just shout it out and guess when, it, when the time comes. All right, so the, the most basic guess-the-word game, the one that I think most people learn first, is charades. Yes. You guys ever play just plain old vanilla charades? No fancy stuff, just charades? I've actually just played charades a little while ago with a group of friends. <laughs> and went over well? It still goes over well. It's just a fun game to play. There was a group of us together for a filming, and we were just having a lot of fun, and we played charades for Don't need any props, don't need any nope. tools. Mm-hmm. You can just play charades straight up. Uh, you ever play the just no fancy stuff, just charades by itself? We usually play uh, like a, ver- a variant of Times Up that we'll get into later, but I, I think right. I have definitely played the just classic charades. I think it's really cool how how there's this like everybody seems to know the hint the hint system. So like where you dash with your hand to get the alphabet going, and when oh, you I always hate when people do that. It's, it feels movie. kind that's, of that's cheatery, cheating. but when you you make the little camera motion to show that it's a movie or that you act a little book, or putting like two fingers on your uh, on your elbow indicating two words, and then one on your wrist indicating that's one syllable. Mm-hmm. That's supposed to be two words. No yeah. words. Words is in the air, and then yeah, syllables thought, is on. Okay. Right, right, right. Yes. Yes. But yeah, I think I think that that everybody seems to know that. I thought it was uh, it's like a, a number of X is on your on your arm, but and, you know, first, second, or third thing is in the air. Well, maybe I'm just really bad at charades, or worse than I thought. I think <laughs> I think there's probably just a, a different dialect of this particular form of sign maybe, language maybe that shows up in different places. It might just be that we're all from different places as well. Yeah, sure. It's uh, it's true. I mean, I grew up in southern Ontario. You're a maritimer. Yes. Northern Ontario. Northern Ontario. Okay. I'm gonna have to do some charades dialectology here. This is fascinating. <laughs> but uh, is. I, 
I, I think it's dirty pool to do the thing where you're, where you're taking your hand and doing a slicing motion down the side, trying to get people to go A, B, C, D, then make them stop when you get to the right letter. Because there you're basically just spelling out the word, right? Is that Where's the fun in that? You, you can't do it for the second letter. You can only do it for the first letter. Okay. I think that's fair when you have like syn- synonyms or when okay. you're working... I, it's just frustrating if you're trying to get down to Z or something. Like, we should start from the bottom and work back up, you know? Uh, and then, of course, you've got Pictionary. Yes. Which is just charades, but you're drawing instead of miming. Is that, one, is that is also one that you guys have liked? I would say so. And I think it's a little bit it's a little bit less stressful because there are people who are unwilling to stand up in front of a group or whose, whose physical actions, they feel less comfortable having them be judged. But when it comes to drawing, it's, it's, it's more okay for somebody to be a bad artist than a bad actor hmm. although playing pictionary with artists is a recipe in stress itself <laughs> because suddenly everyone's judging each other not on how well you're doing but it's just like oh my god i thought they were supposed to be an artist they're just like i have 30 seconds it's fine and i'm just like well it's got four legs and it's vaguely oblong it's probably a dog maybe <laughs> jackal jackal jackal, jackal. <laughs> both of these games are time tested and both of them have issues you know, the, 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 the broken between skill levels thing with Pictionary, where there's one person who's a really good artist and the other players aren't, that causes a problem. Uh, and charades, the, the question of some people not feeling comfortable getting in front of a group on their own. More modern variations on these have actually addressed these issues in some really interesting ways. Uh, you, you might think that, uh, that simple guess the word games aren't subject to the same kind of innovation that you see elsewhere in the game industry, and you would be mistaken. We're going to talk about some of that. So the first thing you can do is put a twist on it. So you mentioned Taboo before. Ta- is, 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 am I mistaken? Is Taboo the most popular Guess the Word game at Snakes and Lattes? Yes. I would Hands, say it probably is. Hands down. Absolutely. It's the one that people just ask for. They already know it. They've played it. You don't need to teach it. They're already there. I don't think I've ever actually taught Taboo even once. I actually had to teach Taboo last night. Neat. Did it go over well? Sure. Um, the game itself went over well. Okay. I, I wasn't sure what part of the message wasn't communicating entirely correctly. Oh, I see. But the game itself is a lot of fun. Sometimes the simplest teaches can actually sort of trip you up. People expect it to be more complicated than it is. And it's like, oh, no, that's all? Yep, that's all. So in Taboo, of course, for those few in our audience who aren't familiar with it, it's, it's like charades, except instead of acting, you're talking. You can't say... What are the restrictions? You can't say... You can't say any of the words on the top of the card or any of the five words underneath the card. Right. So, for example, the word, I might be trying to get my team to say the word birthday, but I'm not allowed to say happy or anniversary or candles or presents or cake. There's five taboo words I'm not allowed to use. And uh, then, of course, there's the buzzer. I, I, I didn't even ask. Do you guys play taboo a lot? I, I, I don't I, think I've ever actually played taboo. Oh, really? I, <laughs> the key is that buzzer, because there's somebody from the other team who's sitting behind you with a thing an actual battery-powered buzzer, and they're watching you like a hawk. And as soon as you say one of those taboo words or a derivative of the main word itself, they're going to go, eh. Oh, God. You have just lost that word. You have to take that card and give it to the other team. That's a point for them. You draw it. And you just try to get as many of these cards as you can in a 60-second or 30-second period. And then the other team is up, and somebody's in the hot seat trying to get as many points as possible without saying the taboo words. Games with buzzers as consequence actively upset me. <laughs> I, I cried when I tried to play Operation for the first time. I never once... Ugh. Never play Boom Boom Balloon. <laughs> I'm so serious. A popping balloon would probably be really, really, especially because he's got a big smile on his face. Oh, God. Oh, I'm responsible for the death of that port balloon. Oh. I actually have a balloon phobia, so that game gives me aneurysms. Isn't that globophobia? Is that what yes, it's it called? Is. Yes. We can talk about Boom Boom Balloon yeah. another time. But, uh, it's, 
so yeah, there, there's also games like uh, Gestures, which is uh, charades, but there are four things that you have to get, and there's a timer that's counting down. There's a total of, say, 60 seconds for the whole thing, but 15 seconds after you start, the first card is going to disappear. 30 seconds after, the second one's going to disappear, and so on. So you have to sort of budget your time. How many of these can I get? How many of these can I save? Mm-hmm. Obviously, you want to try to get all four, but you might not have enough time to do that. And so time management becomes an issue with that one. Um, and it is fantastic if you've never got the chance to play it. Sounds like a plan. You guys have played Cranium, of course. Yes. yes. That one. That's that's the sort of the kitchen sink approach to what are the four things in that one? You're trying to... Uh, like, there's Zelpas. No, there's... there's uh, so there's the yellow ones that are word-related. There are the blue ones that are drawing the green ones are drawing or sculpting the green ones are performing, performing so like the charade style are... the red ones are trivia right. and, so, uh, and basic math so yeah the, the we've got a sort of a uh, a greatest hits of all these various different approaches mm-hmm. to it each of which individually suffers from the problems of all the of, 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 of the originals <laughs> but collectively everybody gets the chance to do something they're good at so um and, oh, oh you mentioned time's up before yes mm-hmm. so tell our informer it's about to, this is a snake's favorite uh, the staff at Snakes love playing Time's Up. Fill us in. So Time's Up has sort of a three-round system. Uh, the first round, if I'm, I understand, it's very much like taboo minus Except the no taboo, taboo words. words. Yep. The only thing you can't say is the word on the card. Uh, the second round, you get two words. One word. One word. Only one word. So mm-hmm. uh, once you've gone through all the cards that you've chosen, uh, you get another round to go through them again, but you only get to say one word. And then the third and final round, you get no words. Uh, and what I think is especially cool about the game is that with the group, you establish this sort of like subjectivity where everybody understands what you're getting at, even if you're using something that has nothing to do with the card that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. If somebody in round one used uh, some bizarre uh, word in explaining, say, Moby Dick, mm-hmm. then whatever the weirdest word they used when somebody guessed what, that in round two, when somebody needs, that word now means Moby Dick. And then when, of course, you go to the charades round where there's no talking at all and you get this card again, you're going to find another way, a nonverbal way of expressing this concept. And yeah, that's the five times up. Mm-hmm. Well, this was actually one of the first games we played when me and Coke, I don't know if you were there for this yeah, game. Yeah, it was. It was our first staff game, like, yeah. after work thing. Yeah, and I remember that it created one of the best <laughs> inside jokes we've ever had at Snakes because Mandy at the time... Uh, we were reading through the cards, and out of nowhere, she flipped one of the cards over, and so she thought that was the answer, although she didn't. So it came time for someone else, and she just looks at them and says, Jag? And Jag wasn't <laughs> even on the cards, and we all just died. Uh, it was just... I thought you were talking about Amelia Earhart. Uh, that is also another one. I had, to, I had to act out Amelia Earhart, and I had no more words, and so I just grabbed my boobs and then made wings, and it worked out just fine. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, there's 25 words or less, which is another snake's favorite. Mm-hmm. That's one where you've uh, got to get your team to guess five words. You have 30 seconds to do this, and you have to do it in 25 words or less. And the other team's keeping track of how many words you've used up, and um counts as a word. <laughs> Only if we play in snake's hard mode. <laughs> but I, I think that those those acting or guess the word games with the sort of progressively more difficult element is especially popular for snakes people who have who have likely played the other ones before mm-hmm. most likely yes and uh, and for patrons who have, uh, have played a lot of those other things and they need something more novel mm-hmm. well then of course you have to get even harder stuff and this is where we start to see even stranger things we've got things like reverse charades fun fact charades is built in 
It's, it's true. How it's, does reverse charades work? It, you just take charades and you turn it on its head. The big problem with charades is you have one person who's in the spotlight. That person is doing all the acting. They're doing all the fun stuff. And, of course, the, they're, they're the total center of attention, which is both good and bad, depending on your situation. Mm-hmm. The rest of the team is all guessing. In reverse charades, it's the other way around. So one person is guessing while everyone else is acting it out. To everyone's everyone so seven people are acting out the same clue or seven people Every, are acting everybody out else on your team are acting out the same clue and the clues are always things that are easier for multiple people to guess than just one person so let's say cow tipping oh, okay it's easier for several people to act that out than it is for just one and that mm-hmm. is why reverse charades work so well mm-hmm. they really did a good job of thinking out what sort of things would be fun to do for a group the, uh, you can go with things like, say, concept. We had a game spotlight on concept a little while ago. That's probably my favorite guess the word game. Uh, it's, you got a board full of icons. You're just trying to get people to guess what you're talking about, what, what you're referring to. You're sort of inventing a little sort of visual language with this. I love concept. I'm crazy it's, about it. It's super good. It's very frustrating, though, when you're trying, when you have a different uh, concept of the thing that you're trying to describe than the person that you're playing with. But you learn mm. so much about them then. Hmm. Yes. One, one thing that I've also discovered about concept is that within five minutes of starting, nobody cares about the scoring anymore. No, absolutely not. It's the scoring just, is completely superfluous. It just doesn't need to be there. It's so enjoyable as a communication activity that the game kind of drops away into non-existence. And that happens with telestrations, too. That's a great cure for the Pictionary problem mm-hmm. of different skill levels playing. Have you played telestrations? Yes. I've seen it played. But, yeah, just, can you fill in our audience a little bit about that mm. one? Well, Telestrations is pretty much Pictionary meets Broken Telephone. I'm going to get a word. I'm going to write it. I'm going to draw it down to the best of my ability. And then I'm going to pass my book along to the next well, person. The best of your ability in 90 seconds. In, in 90 seconds. <laughs> and I'm going to pass along to the next person who's then going to try to guess my word and then either try to draw it or pass it along to the next person so that the next person has to draw what they think my answer was according to the next person in line. It's very silly, very fun, very random. And even the way the scoring works is totally arbitrary. You get to the end of a round. Is get, there scoring in that game? There, there is. Here's how it works. <laughs> uh, when you get to the end, after everybody's played show and tell, okay, here's, here's my word and here's the picture that I drew. And I passed it to her and she thought it was this. And then she passed it to him and he drew a picture of that. And then when it got back around to me. At the, after that's all done, you finish playing show and tell. Everybody gets to award four points to their fellow players. One point to whoever had the best drawing. One point to whoever the funniest drawing. One point to whoever made the best guess, and one point to whoever made the funniest guess. That's it. I had no idea that game had scoring. <laughs> I like that it's. I like that it's arbitrary, though. Exactly. You know, it's it's it keeps the emotional stakes low and deals with that with with that problem that can happen in these sorts of games of disparate skill levels. And the one thing that can actually wreck telestrations is if everybody's good at drawing. <laughs> yes. They have to make them all draw with their left hand or something. Because yeah. uh, <laughs> okay, but that game's well, not left hand friendly because it's on a whiteboard, right? Uh, nope, it's on little dry erase uh, things that you're going to yeah, pass Yeah, and then if you're left-handed trying to draw on a dry erase thing, you keep erasing the whatever you've been drawing. It's the same problem as with being right-handed, though, isn't it? Cause oh, okay, as long as you're not you're, trying you're, to like, you're, pass you're, it across. You're, you're, not, you're not writing from left to right. I'm just trying to garner your sympathy, okay? Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. It's, and, and it's true. Accessibility issues can definitely be an important thing. In this particular case, though, I think it's about as accessible as a game about drawing can be. Mm. Uh, speaking about drawing games, have you tried Pictomania yet? That game is insanely fun. It's bizarre. Uh, Sounds dangerous. Can you tell me is, about it? It is a game that combines Pictionary with Pictionary, but everyone's doing it at once. You're, so you're, you're trying to guess everyone's answer as you're trying to draw your own answer first. You're all drawing at the same time, and you're all guessing at the same time. You've got one eye on your little 
dry erase board in front of you and you got one eye looking around trying to think, what's that? What's that? I don't, I can't. Oh, is that a, is that a, is it could be? What could, could be one of them? So okay, it, I'm going to guess. So don't you have a benefit to drawing poorly in that case? Except, of course, you score points not only for correctly guessing other people's stuff, but for other people correctly guessing your stuff. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> it's, a, it's a well thought out game. Hmm. And one party game that I really think gets a lot, overlooked a lot is, is the forerunner to concept, which is Funglish. Funglish, right. You mentioned that earlier. Tell yeah. us about it. Uh, Funglish is kind of like concept, but you're using just basic English words. And as like a writer English nerd, I just, I ate it up. There's all so these tiles and each of them has a word on it. And you've got this board. It's definitely this. It's maybe this. It's definitely not that. Yes. Cool. So you assign the words based off of where they go on the board or which ones you want to use to try to get them to guess Ferrari huh. or whatever the word is. I found I actually – this is the thing. The, 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 the biggest problem I encounter with some of these games, the, the more, I guess, advanced ones, the ones that are more farther removed from the originals, is that uh, sometimes people are uncomfortable with just how far removed they are. Uh, everybody's got their own sort of comfort zone. And actually, Funglish was one of the games that I had the most difficult time introducing to new people. Hmm. Uh, and yet, for some reason, Concept um, seems to be a hit with almost everybody I bring it out. And I've never quite been able to figure out why that is. What's the major difference between concept and Funglish? Well, Funglish, I think, uses strictly English words. And a lot of them are also some fairly advanced language, which could prove difficult for certain tables. Whereas concept is very basic concepts broken down in very simplified, broad strokes. Spray colorful icons. Do you mean, when you say concepts, do you mean shape? Do you mean color? Sure. Well, there are shapes, there are colors, parts of the body, senses... Uh, slow, fast, young, old. Okay. Um, fictional, non-fictional, book, TV, object. Male, many different categories. Male, female. Yeah. Okay. And uh, it's, it's, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the fact that it just looks so friendly. I mean, it looks like something that you would find on the iTunes store. Hmm. You know, it's got that very Cupertino sort of design to it. Very, it's, you know, the break of saturated colors on white. And while Funglish, by contrast, has a more muted sort of uh, earth tony sort of look to it. And that script font. Mm-hmm. as well in there could it, could it be just that could it be just a matter of presentation how could a classier game design have such a stupid name i'm sorry funglish <laughs> funglish sounds dumb which could also be part of the problem <laughs> that could be it names matter they do another episode <laughs> that wraps it up for this week if there's a topic you'd like to hear about on the show tweet it to us at snakescast i was curious to know what people are interested in hearing about Coco, Maddie, thanks for coming on the show with me. Thank Until you. Next time. Snakes Cast is produced by P.T. Douglas, music provided by Ben Sound. The opinions expressed on the show belong to the people in it and not the company behind it. See you next week. Game on. <laughs> <laughs>